Welcome to the Rise Resolute Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Meyer, a doctor of physical therapy committed to helping people live healthfully, joyfully, and push past even their own expectations for their life. Hi, friends. It is such a gift in this life when we get to reconnect uh, with a childhood friend. And um, this next interview is that for me. And it's really such an important interview, too, because it's urging all of us to take care of our bodies um, and be proactive about our health. Um, And also to realize that in some of the situations that we face and some of our struggles, um, we really and truly realize our own strength. Um, I'm so excited for you to listen. Here's the interview. It is such an honor today to have Becky on the podcast. She is a teacher, a runner. She actually coaches middle school cross country. And she is a childhood friend of mine um, who was near and dear to my heart, her and her whole family. So I am just beyond words excited to have Becky um, on the podcast. So welcome, Becky. Uh, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we get started, I would love it if you would just give the listeners a little more background on you, Becky. Okay. Well, as she mentioned, I'm a now a high school teacher. For the past 11 years, I've been an elementary school teacher and just recently changed counties and now work as a ninth and 10th grade special education teacher. Um, I am a mom to two boys, one 16 and 17. One is a junior and one is a senior. Um, currently a breast cancer survivor, avid runner, adoptive mom. I've worn a lot of different hats and gone through a lot of different experiences um, in the last 20 years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm so excited for you to share some of the insight and the things you've learned through these struggles. Um, I'm just really um, pumped about this conversation. So let's jump on into it. Um, and so I know that you started by saying um, you're an adoptive mom and also shared that you're a breast cancer survivor. So I'll let you take the wheel here and, t- you know, start with whatever you'd like in terms of kind of describing some of those struggles that you've been through, Becky, and how they've impacted you. Okay, definitely. Um When I think back, I think I've been through two major hurdles in a woman's life. I've battled and gone through infertility and came out the other side as an adoptive mom in 2004. And then in the night or at 2019, I was then diagnosed with breast cancer, which another hurdle that all of us as women definitely is always in the back of our mind is that's going to happen to us. So that's two different things that, build a lot of strength, a lot of endurance, a lot of faith. Um, I'm a woman of faith. So it, I think one prepared me for the other. I got through the stress, the uncertainty of a, an adoption, and then got through, or I'm still getting through the battle of breast cancer. You know, I've, I've been so inspired to watch your journey through breast cancer and the way that running motivates you. And we'll get there in a little bit. But um, I think it's just so awesome and super inspiring. Um, but I want to talk a little bit more first about this um, struggle, the struggles with infertility. And I know there are many women that experience this um, and it can be, you know, it can break you down to your to your absolute, you know, bot- rock bottom. Absolutely. And, yeah. And I, I, I would love it if you would just talk a little bit more for our listeners, maybe someone who's in the beginning of this journey or is really feeling like there's no hope right now. Can you tell them, Becky, um, how you made it through, how you were able to rise through that situation and some strategies that you used or that you might suggest for others who are experiencing the same sort of struggle? Absolutely. I mean, I can remember clear as yesterday, 
the day the doctor had told us that adoption was going to be our only option to parenthood. And I remember coming into the yard and pretty much collapsing and telling my husband that, you know, this is what we're going to have to go through. And I know those days, those beginning days were stressful. I didn't know if I could find it out through the next day. It was it was just really difficult. That fear of never becoming a parent yeah. was just completely crippling at the moment. But as um, I said, I just had to pray about it. And things that happened, the way it fell into line, a year to the day later is when we pulled into the driveway as parents of a 18-month-old and a 5-month-old. Um, two precious boys that were born in Siberia, Russia. And it, the things that happened there, there's so many little steps or little things, maybe setbacks that have happened that we just knew that it was meant to be. And for years did I grieve not carrying a child or not being a mother to biological children? Absolutely. Um, even 16 years later, I still, there's times where I wish I would have had that opportunity, but I would have never, ever changed what I have now. I have two handsome, brilliant, talented, funny young men that are about to leave the nest. And that's a whole nother challenge that I'll be setting forth on in a year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just, I totally got a chill when you were describing, um, you know, that, f- that feeling of just not knowing how you could go on. And then literally a year later, you pulled into your driveway with two baby boys. Um, and I just think that it's such a story of hope for, you know, anyone out there who is, is, um, facing a similar struggle to remember that sometimes the path isn't going to be what you thought it would be, right? And sometimes the destination is a little different than you originally imagined. But that God always has a plan, and that plan um, will will be put into motion um, if you if you sort of keep the faith, right? And and let it let it evolve the way that it's meant to evolve. And there's seasons. That's the way I look at it. There's seasons, and that was a season of trust, and I got through it or we got through it as a family and going forward, you just got to trust it. And I look at my boys now and I'm like, I can't imagine not having either one of them in our lives. And they're so very different personality wise and, they just make our life so much better. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. I've, um, I've followed their lives and I just, yeah, I think they seem like amazing boys. So kudos to you, mama, for raising some great kids. Um, and I love how you, how you really focus on that word trust. And I think it's important that we just have to trust, um, and, and keep that hope and, and moments that we really feel like we maybe can't go on. Um, so beautiful words there. Let's talk a little now, let's shift a little bit and talk about, um, the diagnosis with breast cancer. So when were you diagnosed and, and take us through sort of some of those emotions in the beginning and, you know, were you able to draw on that strength you had developed, as you mentioned, during, you know, during your struggles with infertility, Becky? Absolutely. Um, I could tell you it was April 2nd, uh, 2019. So not too far along ago. Um, I had found a lump in my breast and at the time my mom had just recently been diagnosed with bladder cancer. So there's a lot going on with our family. I kind of pushed it aside. Um, then in the spring, I went and had my regular checkup and I had my first mammogram. And it was obviously evident there was something wrong. So I quickly had an ultrasound and a biopsy. And 
of course, it came back. Um, IDC or invasive ductal carcinoma, breast cancer. And again, that same feeling, pretty much in the same building where I was told about my infertility, wasn't in the exact same building, same hospital. I was told about my breast cancer. And my husband was there, my mom was there. And again, it was that same really feeling of collapsing and not knowing what to do. All you hear is breast cancer. Um, you you crumble, you've, you're terrified, you're wondering how bad is it? Where is it? Is it anywhere else? Has it spread? Those are the kind of my first thoughts. Um, and my doctor, he said, this is the worst day of your process. This is the worst thing that you're going to hear throughout your process. And I couldn't imagine that would to be true. But looking back now, almost a year and a half later, so far that day probably has been the worst day. Yeah. So. I like that. I like that he, he sort of strengthened you by saying, look, if you can get through this moment of the diagnosis and, and how hard that is, yeah, that that's going to be the hardest moment. So tell us a little bit about your journey um, through treatment. And, you know, is there, were there people that helped you along the way or something specific someone said to you that you can remember, Becky, um, that was really helpful that might serve to help someone else as they're going through the journey? Um, absolutely. Immediately, I was uh, met with our local breast cancer support organization. It's called United in Pink. Um, they jumped in, provided information, medical information, treatment information, a goodie bag of sorts. Um, they have family activities. So I was surrounded by other survivors immediately. And that's probably one of the most important thing is it's being around others who have been through that journey with you. Um, Cause those first days are really cloudy when you're trying to figure out treatment options, when they're staging it, when they find it, because based on what type of breast cancer you have, your treatment depends on that. So you're kind of up in the air until you start your actual chemotherapy. I went through, um, six rounds of pretty heavy duty chemotherapy. My type of breast cancer is HER2 positive, which means it's all hormone driven. So my protocol was way different than maybe somebody else. It's only 20% of women that are diagnosed with that HER2 positive breast cancer. So our protocol is different maybe than somebody else's. That would be what's called neg or triple negative. So finding where you find, like lie within that breast cancer I guess, world, for lack of a better world, word, um, is really, really kind of confusing and scary. Right. But yeah. once you started the treatment, once you start going it, although the side effects aren't that pleasant, you feel better because you know what to expect. I know every three weeks I was going to go in and get treatment. I knew I would feel bad for a certain amount of time and it would all start over again. So, and I'm still going every three weeks for blood work now, even a year and a half almost. Yeah. And so yeah. I think this is great to put out there for anyone who's trying to navigate the beginning of this journey. If you've been diagnosed um, with with cancer, with breast cancer, any type of cancer or some other kind of um, disease, 
to get connected, get plugged in. And like Becky said, it's so helpful to have people who are traveling your same path or have already traveled it um, to reassure you and and help you through the process. So it sounds like that was really helpful for you, um, Becky. Um, When you look back and you kind of think if there was anything that I could have known at that time or someone could have told me, maybe, maybe to serve to help someone else. Is there anything in particular that you would, that you would say that, Oh, I wish I had known, you know, X, Y, Z at the time. Really trusting every, what everyone says. Um, one thing when women ask me now are asking me about my experience, particularly with the mastectomy, it wasn't as, you know, it seems traumatic in, terrifying to lose part of your body but in terms of the experience and the pain what I was envisioning was not near as what I had put it in my head this whole experience I know maybe some women actually delay getting tested because they are fearful of what could come ahead and I have made it through every process and I've been okay. Right. Yeah. That every that's... step is really scary. Chemo is scary. Surgery is scary. Radiation is scary. Maintenance chemo can be scary. But each time I'm like, okay, I made it through. Like if you're a vision, like a softball game, like each base, I've made it through each stop. Yeah. I like and to I've think been of it okay. like that. Yeah, and that's great encouragement too to just, um, you know, that whatever you build it up to be in your mind may not be as terrible as it actually is. I mean, I'm sure sometimes it does turn out to be really hard to navigate, but just knowing that you have the strength to get get through um, and, and make it through. And t- so tell us a little bit about, I know we were talking before we started recording, um, I know running has been a big part of your journey through Best Cancer, which is amazing because I can't imagine how you are continuing to do this in the midst of treatment, Becky. So tell us a little bit about what running was for you during this process. I have always ran here and there, but never like for a long period of time. Since I'm a teacher, I would usually pick it up during the summer. And when the school year got too hectic, I would drop it off or pick it up during a break. But for some reason, right before my diagnosis, I I started to run. I needed to lose some weight. So I was dropping weight, running, and then I get diagnosed, and I used it as a coping mechanism. I really believe um, when I got overwhelmed, I ran. Um, then I thought of the other women that are going through this process and kind of ran for them as well. And then I realized I'm still here. My side effects aren't that bad compared to, to other people that I've talked to. Let me keep going. And so it became almost I was running for myself, running for women who can't or even women that we have lost to breast cancer. And when I felt tired, I'm like, you know, cancer is not going to get me. Yeah. You can't get me. And I might have said some choice other words in my head, <laughs> as we all do. Um, but there was times I could see that road ahead of me and I'm like, you ain't getting me. You don't have to catch me. Yeah. I love it so much. And it's so inspiring. And I will tell you this as well. And I'm sure you know this, but, um, you know, cancer, 
the can the cancer treatment can have a lot of different effects on your body. And research really shows that running um, and the different things it does in your body, um, you know, at a sci- and scientific level, can be protective during chemotherapy. So I think it really was not only mentally beneficial for you, but likely like quite beneficial health wise as well. So um, I wanted to put that out there for women um, who might be going through this. If you if you feel strong enough to get out there and like Becky did, um, really use it as as a coping mechanism as a stress reliever during the process, I think the benefits can just be, they can be incredible. So um, I'm, I'm glad that you shared that it was, uh, you know, a really And great... I have to say, yeah, and I'm not a fast runner by any, any imagination. Um, when they hired me to coach, I'm like, I can't run fast. I'm not winning any races. Um, and, you know, they said that didn't matter. So for those who are like, well, I can't, no, you can get out there. You know, when I started, I was like 14, 15 minute mile and it's come down to a 10 minute mile. So it's taken me almost a year, but I'm not fast. I'm just out there. Yeah, I love that. And you're right. Like, it doesn't matter what your pace is. Just get out there, ladies, and do it because, um, you know, it just, yeah, you, it doesn't matter. Um, it just matters that you're out there moving your body. It doesn't matter how fast you're going. So Love that. Um, let's let's shift gears one more time and talk a little bit about um, the pandemic and how you've okay. navigated through that. And I'm sure, you know, navigating these other struggles in your life gave you, you know, the strength that you needed to kind of get through the pandemic. But tell us a little bit about how you've experienced that, Becky, and how you've made it through. Well, definitely in March, we had a quick, as a teacher, we had a quick shutdown of school, um, which was pretty overwhelming as well uh, immediately from teaching 24 second graders in the classroom to immediately coming home and teaching them online and switching gears that way working with children that may or may not have reliable internet access and having access to education that was probably the first struggle yeah with covid Uh, being scared about being an at-risk person being in and out of situations that could expose me to COVID, especially being married to a first responder. Um, that has definitely been kind of a concern. My husband's already been tested twice for exposure to COVID in the last two months. So that can definitely put a little strain, you know, worrying about catching COVID. Right. As of now, as a teacher of teenagers and a coach, we completely have changed the way that we handle meets, traveling to meets. We're taking temperatures, making sure teenagers wear their masks, which teenagers don't want to wear masks or socially distance. Um, so that's definitely a responsibility that you feel um, that you need to overtake to make sure that there's not an exposure to your team, which would bring it to the high school. It seems it just kind of dominoes in the educational system once somebody is exposed. Right. That's yeah. positive. Yeah. And you know, what I'm hearing from you too, as a teacher, um, is the fact that you have just been uh, sort of writing this out and able to pivot in whichever way they ask you, um, to continue serving these kids, keeping them safe and, you know, teaching them and not only as a teacher, but as a coach. Um, and so I think that ability to pivot, um, is, is so important and one that we, 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 
constantly have to remind ourselves, I need to continue to be flexible because it's continuing to change. Um, but I'm glad that you all are back to sports there. We're not, we're not back to anything here yet in California yet. So um, that's sort of encouraging and makes me hopeful. <laughs> yes. Well, again, I'm in a Southern state, so our, a little more relaxed than other states. I am definitely a mask supporter. I wear my mask and believe that everyone should try to keep each other safe. Um, but that being said, yes, school is back for the most part face-to-face. There's a few districts that are still virtual and will slowly, they're slowly coming back into the building. Sports, um, We've had track meets canceled. We've had track meets continue. It kind of depends on the level of COVID exposure for the county that we're having the track meet in. Football, we'll have our first football game this Friday, home game. So sports are back. And it does concern concern me just because teenagers just having to, they don't like to social distance. I saw two of my runners from across the field cheering an icy or a snow cone and they weren't being defiant they were just being teenage boys and girls yeah and i was like um and i couldn't get to them because i was at the start line and i was like oh please don't share that covid ice cream cone or whatever it was (laughs) i was like I know we just have to be vigilant with these with these teens and kids they just yeah you're right like they're not meaning to do anything wrong but um well good well I'm glad it's headed in the right direction there um as we as we move towards wrapping up Becky do you um I'm going to give you the opportunity do you have any other final positive vibes that you'd like to put out there for women who may be going through a struggle similar to some of the things that you just shared with us um or something totally different anything you'd like to put out to them i mean with both things infertility i know it's they're both things that are out of our control yeah it's but it, it you end up it's going to be okay these are seasons in our lives i know right now i'm still in the tail end of the breast cancer season um i could make it the 11 or 12 more months i have to go with the treatment it's going to be okay yeah. i know there's times where we don't feel like it's going to be okay and I've been there. I'm like, nah, I don't care what you're not in my shoes. You don't understand. This is too hard. Yeah, the time is too hard. We feel that way, but you'll get out of that season. Um, and you will be stronger for it. And you'll look back and you'll see things. Why did it happen? You know, was I diagnosed with breast cancer to be an inspiration or, or hope to other women to go get checked? I don't know. I'm still trying to find out that reason, but. That's why I have shared on my running Instagram page or I share on Facebook the good, bad, and the ugly because I want to help somebody else. If somebody else goes and gets scanned because of what they read on my Facebook, which has happened and consequently been tested positive for breast cancer, then what I've done is been for a reason. Like, because that actually happened. That's a long story, but yes, uh, somebody has had followed or seen my post and decided to get a mammogram and it makes all the difference yeah you you potentially saved a life yeah absolutely and speaking of um would you like to share how people can follow you becky if they want to follow your journey i have on the instagram you can find me on a survivor running with the underscore a underscore survivor um 
underscore running. Yeah. I think that the community, um, you know, community of breast cancer survivors and um, of those going through treatment is just, it can be so motivational and powerful. So I do encourage everyone um, out there who might be going through something similar to follow Becky and, you know, everyone, I, I think we're stronger when we can navigate these things together. So that's what this podcast is all about. Um, and I really appreciate you, Becky, coming on and sharing, sharing part of your story with us and the hopes that, um, number one, go out there, women, and, you know, get your mammograms, um, do your self-exams, you know, and if you feel a lump, like Becky said, some of us are scared to acknowledge it. Um, be brave and go in and get it checked out right away. You know, um, I think that those are really powerful pieces of advice to put out there. Um, and now let's, let's wrap up with a little positivity push is what I call it, Becky. Uh-huh. Um, and so we're just going to do a couple quick little questions at the end here to put a few more positive vibes out before we wrap up. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Okay, awesome. All right, Becky. So a few simple things that bring you joy. My children or my family, students, and getting a PR when I'm running. Yes. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Love it. Um, okay, so complete the sentence. Um, and this is going to go out to all of our listeners and um, some of those who may be going through some of these similar struggles that you shared with us. So complete this sentence. Never forget. What you've done. Never forget what you've done. Yeah. Like you, you can do hard things. Never forget. Yeah, it's totally true. Never forget all that you've been through and, and pull on those things um, when you're faced again with challenges. Um, because some of these struggles, it's always preparation, right? For what's coming yeah, It's up. like, I can do this. That's what I say. Oh, I can run a half marathon. I've gone through chemo. Like, just remember what you've done. Yeah, I've absolutely. I've ran ball-headed. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. To have a bad hair day. Bad hair days don't mean so much when you've had ball, when you've been ball for six months. That's right. Yes. Right. Some of these things that we let bother us in our daily life, if we really step back and looked at it, like you said, a bad hair day just does not matter, (laughs) you know? Um, So that's important perspective to put out there too. Okay. Final question. Um, And again, it's complete the sentence going out to um, all the listeners. Um, You can do anything you put your mind to. Absolutely. You can do it. You can run races. You can get PRs. You can make it through cancer treatment. You can survive infertility. Um, you can do all of these things, women. Um, you just got to believe in yourself and put your mind to it. Right, Becky? Absolutely. You can do it. I mean, I was a mousy, very shy, probably unconfident woman before my breast cancer diagnosis. And it was kind of, I came out of my shell. People will tell you that I've come out of my shell. It just taught me that I'm way more strong than I ever, ever, ever thought that I could be. Yeah, it's um, so beautiful. And your journey has just been such an inspiration to watch. Um, it's been a gift to me, um, having known you when you. we were kids, to just you just watch your strength and your grace. And um, it's just been it's just been amazing. And it reminds me of actually one of my favorite Psalms, Becky. Um, and it's that God is within her, she will not fall. And um, clearly God is within you and with you absolutely. and helping you through all of these struggles. And so I thank you for being just such a, such an inspiration for all of us um, and a truly oh, strong you. woman. Um, so thank you for being here today. Oh, I enjoyed it. And please, please women out there, go get checked. That's the most important. I am the prime example of not getting it caught early. What they, you know, I have way more treatments than if you would have, if I would have caught it early. Absolutely. 
Yep. Um, so take care of yourselves out there, women. And um, thank you again very much, Becky. And thank you, listeners, for going on this journey with us today. I hope we were able to bring you some positivity and inspiration. Um, and uh, listen to Becky. Remember, when you're faced with these struggles, just trust. It's a season, and you can make it through. So thanks again. And connected, we can rise. Oh,